everyone welcome to a new episode of carolyn talks for the so here's what happened podcast and today i am joined by a special guest writer and director hoey ding whose film i saw at the 2021 toronto international film festival it's called terrorizers and it's i can't even describe exactly what genre it is i'm calling it romance psychological thriller <laughs> comedy slightly um but before we get into the film i'm gonna ask um weeding to just speak a bit about himself and about the film because maybe he'll probably give a better description of what it is than i can weeding oh hi um i'm i'm a filmmaker from taiwan um i'm uh, actually a malaysian I was born in Malaysia and uh, I spent two years in Toronto when I was very young. Toronto Film Festival was my first film festival uh, in my life. So, mm. um, so I guess I have a special connection with Toronto. So I, uh, my first film, Pinoy Sunday, was premiere in Toronto. And then the second one is City of Lasting was in Toronto also. So this is my third film. Um, officially my third film um and the third time coming to toronto so um it's been great and um yeah yeah um i think that's actually kind of funny because <laughs> i live in toronto now i'm originally from barbados but i live in toronto now and to the tiff is actually my first film festival too i first attended in 2017 <laughs> yeah wow. so I'm, I, I'm much older than you are i'm sorry you know it's just uh, i i was um I watched 50 films in uh, in 10 days when what? I was young. 51, I'm sorry, 51 films. Back then, it was a day when you had to line up on Young Street. Mm. There wasn't any light box, uh, yeah. big building. I like, remember there's Eaton Center, there's a Young Street, and then you're Uptown Theatre, and yeah. then people lining up, and you go from theatre to theatre. This is my, that's my uh, my day, yeah. Well, actually, yes, I, I can't even like thank you because I kind of do something similar. Like, I will legit binge watch dramas for a whole day straight. I've done multiple dramas where there are like 16, 18 episodes in one day. So oh. <laughs> I oh. feel you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, I just so we'll get into Terrorizers now. I love this film and I love thank one you. of the things I love about it is not what i was expecting at all when i started it because i went into it thinking i don't know why the name for one thing made me think it was going to be a horror the name and the poster because all you have is this eye peeping through a door and i'm like oh this is going to be creepy we're going to have like some <laughs> insidious thing happening and it is something insidious happening but not in the way you expect and it's very subtly implied and I just love that. So for so the film is about these four characters whose lives are interconnected, but not in and but not in a way that we can immediately discern. So there's Yu Fang, played by Moon Lee, Ming Liang, played by Ho Ho Kyung Lin, um, Xiao Jiang, played by JC Lin, and Monica, played by Annie Chen. And what I love about these characters is they're their own people, and we get to know a bit about them separate from their relationships to each other. And and I think that's really interesting because I, I think they're how getting to know them as individual characters actually plays a huge part in how the whole everything comes together at first because you think you like their their connections are not immediately obvious. And I gotta say your editing in this film is impeccable. And I just love how the editing plays a part in getting to know these characters. So can you just play um can you talk a bit about drafting the characters and building them? and building the story around them. Well, it's one of those things that it's, uh, you know, it's it's very hard to talk to you about the process. It's mm -hmm. it's very instinctive. You know, it's it's one of those things that, uh, because I had this dream a long time ago when I was young, um, and then I wasn't thinking I would make it. And then after Cities of Last Things, uh, because also playing with time, mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of really like the film medium having to play with time because I think you can play with the audience expectation, perspective, and everything. I had so much fun with the last film. And people were like, oh my God, this is it, this is it, you know, like this. I'm like, oh, cool, let's play with them again. Yeah. Uh, with that in mind, I just remember I used to have this kind of treatments. So I take it out and then kind of polish it mm. in one or two months. 
And then after that, we did casting. And uh, but but we did casting a year before. So uh, basically, it's it's one of those things that while you're doing casting, you're revising the script. Mm. You know, uh, Lin Po Hong as Ming Liang, the scene when he was in the police station, like looking at the police, very quiet. He did that in audition. So I get inspired. I stole that bit into my script. So it's more like you do the casting, you do the writing at the same time. I mean, of course, you had the structure first. You have the first draft first. And then you do the casting. While you're doing the casting, when you see Moon Lee, you start shaping the Ifan character like with your script, you know, go go back and forth. Uh, but the script was pretty long. And then during production, the AD was like, you know, you got to cut it down. We only have 45 days. We don't have budget. You have too many scenes. And then me and AD also ha- happened to be a filmmaker. So we do another phrase of rewrite, meaning that slim down. And then during post-productions, we revise it again. You, what you see right now is different from the script hmm. in terms of the structure. But this, this, this film is really unique. Like uh, even for me, I mean, I've, I've experienced making film. Like, even as a film, I think it's, 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 it's really crazy because you can have endless possibilities. You know, at some point we're like, maybe we should do linear way. And then we're like, no, you know, and then they go back and forth. And then it's just like, you can never end this editing because every time you switch something, something else happened. So yeah, we, uh, we had a hard time doing editing for a couple of months, like cl- close to uh, three or four months. And uh, the rough cut was three and a half hours. Yeah. I, Cause that was actually one of my questions because the way how this is edited, I think it's edited perfectly. And like what you added, what you kept, like gives us, so much subcontext. This this film has a lot of subcontext with regards to the things people do more than what they say. Like if you hear what they're saying, but then you watch what they're doing, and then what you're getting is two different um, things. And so the editing yep. really plays on that. But three and a half hours, I would love to actually see the full edit because I'm just like wondering <laughs> all of the scenes that we that we didn't get to see. Like especially for I think for Ming Liang because he's a he's a stalker, and he he moves very silently and he's so observant and he's watching all of these people and i'm and i while i was watching i was wondering what exactly did we get did we not see him watching like who did we not see him watching could there have been more than more than the three women because there's also kiki there's you fang and monica so i'm like wondering he seems to me the kind of um obsessive person the kind of obsessive man that any brief interaction he has a woman where necessarily she looks at him directly he like sees that as a connection forming and becomes immediately obsessed with them so i was wondering like could there have been like two three other women that he's doing the same that he's done the same thing with and if there were scenes that could have implied that no 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 i mean uh, the good thing about Ming Liang character is we didn't cut him much mm. yeah it's uh, it's only this this i mean we are cutting down not because we are cutting down the story it's because we're cutting down the process oh, okay you know the story is still the same Mm-hmm. It just, uh, there are a lot more going on within them. So it's not like we're cutting down the, all the female characters and all that. Yeah, so it's still same as the script. It just, um, the structure is a bit different. And then the, the dynamic chemistry is a bit different. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like uh, we, we put Xiao Zhang all the way at the end as a chapter. But before he was a bit more like in the beginning. But we feel like he might take away the tension of Ming Liang and Yu Fang, so we just kind of should, uh, you know, kind of moved into the back. Yeah, something like that. But it's mm-hmm. one of those editing that, yeah, I mean, I, I was having fun, like, even though, like every time when I say I was having fun, that means in the process it was really painful. <laughs> when you are in that process, it was just like, you know, you're in pain. But now when you're looking back, it's actually, it's a, it's a very nice thing, yeah. Yeah, so. the, I can imagine the process is like painful. Like I am no professional editor, but just editing like for the podcast and like my YouTube channel is just like pain. <laughs> I sh- I'm like I record for half an hour, forty five minutes, and it takes me like four or five hours to edit something because I ha- I'm trying yeah. to cut out all the small little things and like, yeah. ooh, like my I always have like ab- like su- supreme respect for for editors and stuff. But once I started doing this, I'm just like I did not have enough respect because I did not understand. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah. 
It is. Oh my gosh. Um, but you um, so I want to talk a bit now about you, Fang, because her character is very interesting to me because I write her character as being the linchpin for the entire plot because a lot of things that she experiences and things that she's afraid of is actually what leads to things. Um, I think it's kind of like a connection for everyone because she's afraid of being abandoned and she's afraid of falling in love and she's afraid of forming close connections. But these three things, I think in particular, um, actually play to her relationships with quote unquote with everyone. So like for her boyfriend, um, Xiao Jiang, she's afraid of being abandoned because of what happened with her mother and her father. And then we later find out Monica because of the way you edit it. Like we had no idea that she has that kind of connection with Monica. So when there's that scene where she's discussing um, being afraid of being left alone with um, Xiao Jiang, you de- that's when you re- I realize, oh wait, she's also talking about Monica. So this is three people she's actually been abandoned by. And that, and that abandonment is very fresh and it's super painful for her. And I just thought it was interesting after getting that revelation, how easy she also fell into relationship with him because she she's she's I think she needed that time. She was looking for another connection with someone because she doesn't want to be alone. She's even though she's afraid of being abandoned, even though she's afraid of getting into another relationship where she could be hurt, she wanted to be in a relationship because she didn't want to be alone. So it's kind of like this dichotomy in her personality. So can you talk a bit about that? Um I think people do that now. People in the city, you know, I mean, young people, uh, 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 young people or the people living in the city, it's always, you know, you are you are jam packed with all the people, crowded, you know. I mean, like Asian cities are crowded, you know. Well, like before, like before COVID, so it's like so crowded, but but people are lonely in general because. Um, so for Yu Fang, I thought it was a good way to show what young people are now because they are so insecure. Mm-hmm. Maybe because now they are they have less, they don't have a lot of sibling now. You know, like uh, tend tend to be one or like one kid, two kids. So she's alone, and then and um, she feel very insecure. But because she's lonely and she's insecure, everything is. Uh, need for her you know sometimes you don't know whether she go out with Xiao Tong is because she like him or she just need to have someone with her you know and even with Monica it's the same thing um it might not be her like sexual like orientation it could be just she just need to be with someone Mm -hmm. you know for her and also she likes to help our Monica because for me when you help people you get things back yeah. You know, when you offer your hand, people take your hands, you feel the warm of your like people's hand. This is how lonely she is. She just want to grab something, you know, and um, that's a character throughout the whole thing. And it, actually, this is quite, I think this is the hardest character to play because she has no clear motivation like Ming Liang, like, uh, you know, like, like Monica. She's yeah. always going here, going there, not sure what's going on, follow them. But yet she's very, she know clearly what she wants. You know, when she sees something, she's trying to grab it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how desperate she is, you know. Um, that's that's a loneliness, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's loneliness. And I also think she, to me, she comes across as the kind of person who will form emo- um, emotional and romantic attractions to anyone that she sees, like, as you said, like, she that gives back to her. Whereas she's kind of similar to... Um, Ming Liang in that way in the, in that how he becomes obsessive but she's kind of like the positive aspect like she gives love and she gives patience and she gives time whereas he takes he's obsessive he wants the person he wants to possess the person so they're kind of like I saw them they're like almost not mirror images they're like two sides of, of, of the same coin one is corrupt and one is uh, and one is pure as you as I would say yeah I mean it's it's a great thing about film is um, you kind of throw out the questions people have answered. You know, it's I, I always love. I think a good film is when the when the like when people watch it, they have a different the interpret like interpretation about characters mm-hmm. because based on their own experience, they can put it on those characters. They can identify, sympathize with those character based on different backgrounds. You know, so it's I, I'm sure a lot of people can interpret like if fun character like in like in deep like in different ways mm-hmm. you know as long as we give them enough guidance you yeah. know as long as the direction 
direction is clear enough. Um, yeah, your explanation of the character, I think, is right on. Yeah. Mm, thanks. And I wanted to, now Monica. <laughs> Monica is something else. And Monica, <laughs> and I don't mean it in a bad way, but I think to me, Monica is she. She's. I don't. I don't. The word that's coming to my mind right now is succubus, but I don't want to use that because it, that that kind of has a negative connotation. Whereas these, all of these characters do want something from each other, whether they know it or not, and they're all taking something from each other. As I get, as I said, whether they know it or not, and Monica, she wants fame. She wants to make it as an actress. She wants, you know, she wants to be known as having a talent. But in one of the first scenes with her is like. You can see she really doesn't have the talent for acting. She doesn't. Re- she's <laughs> she's unable to memorize her lines. She gets her cues from Yu Fang. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, when yeah. she like for her boyfriend, she like she owes him rent, and she expects him to still keep giving, even though she's not giving back anything. And even though they're broken up, she still expects him to cover for her. And and then when eventually things start to fall apart because of the porn video, which I'm gonna get into, she again goes. Yu Fang comes to her to her rescue. And that's how their romantic relationship um, begins. And as you said, like for you, find you're, you're not really sure what she, if she, as you said, like if she's bisexual, if that's just an emotional thing that she can, that she does with people. But for Monica, I saw that as her saying, like, this is me giving back in return for why, for 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 what you're doing for me. I kind of saw her as a, as a similar character to Lady Xiao, the masseuse, where she uh, gives Ming Liang the massage as thanks. And I kind of saw Monica doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, she's, um, I think she's, I mean, you know what? I think those characters in my film, there is some, there's some um, crazy quality is called, they're quite brave. Mm. They're quite, I mean, Ming Liang is brave to do what he's doing. Monica is brave of what she, I mean, they, because they just want to have something. They just want to reach something. I mean, I mean, Ming Liang is going some, you know, they're using something extreme, but Monica is, you know, like for me, she's not as fragile as we think she is. Mm. Because sometimes when you see, you know, I, you know, there's a moment of, of a close up, you kind of know that she is thinking about something. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like she is kind of manipulative. Um, she's not, you know, she looks sad, she looks, you know, weak, she looks angry. She get bullied by her boyfriend. But sometimes you feel like, you know, I mean, she kissed a woman. She told her that, you know, now we are together. And then and the next thing you know, she's going to meet a guy in the five. I mean, she doesn't care. You know, mm-hmm. she has that thing going on. It's like, I want a great future. You know, yeah. this is what I want. I'm just going to go for it. Um, that's the drive from Monica. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a crazy drive that you see. You sometimes see people in, like, in the society. They all share the same drive, you know, and uh, I think she is similar to Ming Liang, I think, sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, she is because like you mentioned her physicality, which is, uh, I think, and also a similarity she and Ming Liang have because um, like um, Annie Chen, who plays Monica, she's very thin and she, her, like, she has this very fragile appearance. And you mentioned that. And when you think about it, um, um, Ming Liang has the same thing. He looks very unassuming. He looks very, you know, he looks he looks like a gamer, you know, like somebody who stays inside all day and just plays game. He's thin, he's gaunt, he's pale, he wears like these baggy sweaters and pants, and like he looks very unassuming, which is always never people when it comes to stalkers, never take (laughs) apparent, never, never underestimate them because of their appearance, which is something that happens, I think, with Lady Xiao. She underestimates him. But you talk about their physicality. Can you just like does did that play a part in your casting? Because like they're deceptive in in their in their appearance for these characters. Like you don't you people underestimate them. Like for Monica, especially, people think like they only see her as this um of as a victim, a way or as a set symbol because of the porn video. But as I mentioned, she's very cat I think she's very calculating and very manipulative and she knows when to leave when things are starting to get hot because she does not come. So you find rescue at the end when she could have helped resolve that entire issue. She did not. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's that's for me. It's it's uh, it's Monica. And also when we do casting, I did ask her to watch uh, Blue Jasmine. Mm. But Woody Allen. Yeah. You know, Kate Blanchett was uh, was 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 destroying herself throughout the whole film. 
you know, that's the reference we actually uh, look at just to know what kind of character that Monica have, you know. And then she constantly trying to do something which just make her, you know, I mean, just she she believed herself so much. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it it worked because she she's she's all about her. She like she she <laughs> has a goal and she's going to achieve that goal regardless. And which I think is a very admirable trait for someone like her because um, because once the porn video is released uh, or is re-released, I should say, she doesn't shy away. Like, like when men start to say things to her, she like looks at them and she's and she doesn't back down. She doesn't get ashamed and she, you know, she doesn't run away. She's just like, are you talking about this one? Like kind of like putting the shame on them because she's like, why should I be ashamed of doing this when all clear you're not afraid, you're not afraid to talk about it, right? Which I think is so, uh, also something I think the film kind of does very subtly is the discussions of how men perceive women. And you know, like women that do like who work in um, the sex industry are expected to be ashamed of what they're doing. Um, but the men who watch these women or who take part in the sex work, they're not shamed, you know, like for her boyfriend, he is not, he, he's trying to make her feel ashamed for what she did, but he is not stigmatized for doing what he did. So I'm um, just talk a bit about that part of the film because I think it's very subtly and it's very subtle and some people might miss it, but it was just like, this is actually pretty genius because the whole film kind of tells, talks about how men perceive women, how men become obsessed with women and like this idea and this fantasy they have of women, but without actually knowing them. Um, I, you know, I just think that there are, there are more people spending their time. Uh, there, there are two worlds now. One is mm. real world, one is, you know, one is the, like virtual world. So the gamer, they play game all day long, but also they go to internet, you know, they, uh, they, uh, they, they attack people, you know, they, uh, you know, there's a word called incel, you know, they are like, you know, and and also, I'm sure they watch porn. You know, it's like you are you, you're in the room all day long. You're doing all, all the activities. Um, it just you know, like sooner or later, you're gonna have to have a different kind of perception about things. You know, it's not just talking about the men in general. It's more about you know how uh, how this kind of thing can actually like distort your sense of uh, the reality. Because I'm not saying that, you know, all the men are like that. I'm just saying that for for people who spend 24 hours in internet looking at, I don't know what, you know, sooner or later, you're going to think the world is going to, you know, you can actually use the rules in the game to apply to the real life. You know, if you can use the video game, the rule of the video game, trying to apply to real life, you could just basically like whatever you see in the porn video, you're gonna think that it might be like that mm -hmm. in real life, you know. So um, this is a thing that I try to reflect, you know, just to and and also <clears throat> there's a thing called cam girl. I mean, cam girl now it's it's a big phenomenon. It's yeah. like girls actually it's willing to do that, you know. It's not like what you think of the old day. People are forced to do this. Now young kids are doing a lot of things, you know, I mean, like willingly, you know, so it's like, this is the thing they're going to put on the show. They think they're going to get some hits, they get some money, they can earn money that way. So sometimes they don't have shame about themselves being by having the video shown to people. So this is one of the things I'm trying to like reflect, you know, I'm not trying to focus just on one thing. I'm just mm -hmm. saying, you know, the society, in, I mean, there's a lot of things in society right now are going crazy. It's just people don't really realize that, you know, the video game thing, the the, the internet thing, it's, it's it really uh, make an impact on people's life, you know? Yeah, because there's a new um, a platform called OnlyFans, which is, which, is where they, which is where they do that. You know, you have, um, and it's not only just women, it's like men, women, people of all genders and um, sexual orientations, they use OnlyFans um as a as a source of income and this and it's about sex work and not all of it is explicit and i kind of saw like monica being kind of bit like that because her her content what we saw wasn't um explicit and it all has to do with the and this i think kind of ties into the editing of the film which i think was as i said impeccable i just love the editing for this film because <laughs> the way you should the way the, these scenes for her video are shot the way how you edit back exterior moments and things that weren't connected to that like it it 
puts like the, the audience or those watching for her into the space. So like we have the, you have like Ming Liang and Yu Fang and they're able to, you know, like put themselves into this space because like they see themselves interacting with Monica, which is again, where there's another similarity between them because they can both become infatuated with her because they saw her video, but they, they again, they saw sight from two different perspectives. And then there's this scene where I think it's so brilliantly edited where like, it's like the door is opening and you think that the person is going into her room at that moment, but then it's not, it's the, it's the porn video. But then like later on down in the film, it comes back around and you realize, oh wait, the person was going into her room and it was Ming Liang. So I want to talk about that sequence in particular, because I think that's one of my favorite sequences in the whole film, the way how you have that shot. Cause it's like this like double interconnected technically breaking i don't even know what to call it but i just love how you edit that whole sequence thank you thank you you're the only you're the only one who pick up on that because we work so hard on that sequence you know yeah it's the editing you know it's the fun thing about editing playing with perception you know and you know you just thought that it's the same video and then it's actually because ming have been watching the video Mm -hmm. all the time maybe a lot of time so when he walked in their apartment He's actually thinking about the video because He's really it's, the same, it. it's the same room, you know, and he kind of projecting himself as that guy, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. you know, so it's uh, so when you see the video, you thought it's the video and then realize that it's not the video. It's him going into the video. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's um, we were we were doing a lot of editing just to make sure it's all. And also when he go home and then Yifang and, you know, I mean, there's three, three people together. They're doing their own thing, but they yet they looks like they're doing the thing like, together, yeah. you know. So um, that's a sequence we actually, it was on the script at the beginning. This mm. is the thing I, I was thinking about doing when I was writing the script. It's some kind of a climax halfway, you know. It's that the thing come together halfway and then things fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I love that entire scene because that blew my mind. I had to replay because I'm like, yo, this is so good. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and then when you talk about inst- like it's self inserting, like he and both he and you find do it, and they again they do it into Monica's life. But then when you see the the attack, which is the which is the event that kind of basically started this whole series of I called it I legit put it in my notes. I'm like this is this should have been titled a series of unfortunate events because <laughs> everything was like all of these interactions these people are having with Mei Liang in particular, like they, their lives start to fall apart in ways that they don't even realize yet because of these brief moments of interactions with him. And you talk yeah. about self-insertion, like the the most unfortunate event is the, is the slashing where he's going to attack Yu Feng because it's revealed he sees her as taking Monica away from him. But then um, Xiao, Chen, um, Xiao Zhang saves her. And in the moment just before that happens, you don't realize that he's actually thinking he's playing a video game. And that's another moment where he's self-inserted into this into this moment, into this reality that's not real. It's the same way how he inserted himself into the porn video. He's yeah. doing this action, but he's thinking of, like, he's in a video game and he's not really thinking of, like, what's going on around him. Yeah. yeah. He's a filmmaker. <laughs> he's that's, a filmmaker. That's what he should do, with his, that's what he should do yeah. with his imagination instead of stalking people. Yeah, you know, it's uh, when we go to scouting, we go to location scouting, we look at the room, I'm like, there's something. I mean, um, I, I've been having, I mean, I'm a story machine. You know, mm-hmm. when I was young, before I go to sleep, there are movies in my head, there are images in my head. So it's, uh, I mean, it's not like I'm Ming Liang, but it's just that uh, because I have that kind of, uh, you know, crazy, I mean, a crazy mind, it's just a uh, busy mind. Yeah. that I love I love images you know it's so funny that when I was editing there are some nights when like before I uh, like I slept I actually go to the whole film in my mind shot by shot and sometimes I was editing in my mind so that the next morning I can tell my editor that you know what let's switch this so it's it's uh, it's the it's the image making thing that I like you know so that's the that's the part that I think that you're talking about, you know, like uh, like a film medium, like people putting themselves in the film. Yeah, you know, it's the same. It's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah, so you're a very visual thinker. I kind of kind of relate to that because I'm a, like 
I when I'm like thinking of certain things, I kind of like imagine things in like a three dimensional um space. So I kind of like yeah. that's I so I kind of relate to that. Um, which is kind of what that scene reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of a VR game, the way how she was yeah. standing in the in the auditorium and like she's listening to her classical music, which I thought I was like I knew something was gonna go wrong. I'm like, why are you listening? to classical music in a crowded place with these big headphones on your ears like girl you don't do that like when i'm like when i'm outside i wear one earphone i don't wear both because i need to hear what's going on around me like what's going on ambient noise and everything she has she has a boyfriend so she's safe you know she feels safe yeah which i guess speaks to um to xiao jang's character where she fully where like she trusted him enough to do some she felt comfortable enough to do that you know so plus kudos for him for instilling that trust in his in his um girlfriend but um so I want to get a bit into the technical aspect of the film. Like we've talked a bit about the um the the editing. I want to talk a bit about the clues that you've dropped in this film. Like one of my favorite is the feather, the pendant that um that Xiao Zhang gives to her. Um, I that oh. intrigued me. So I went back to the scene with the poster, which is the seagull, and I looked up because I'm like I know this title from somewhere, and I looked up. And I'm like, aha, it's the play by Anton Chekhov. So I, I, so I wanted to ask you about that because like what the play is about is about these characters whose lives are interconnected, but not fully. And it's kind of like subtext. So like, could you talk a bit about possibly that being an inspiration for a way in how you format the film and possibly like the dialogue of it? Well, I don't, I'm not sure because it's just funny that how people pick up all the clues. I mean, um, She's an actress. Um, mm. Yu Fang is a serious actress, as opposed to Monica is not a good actress. Um, you know, there's a play, and then you know we were thinking Seagull because uh, the female lead, um, you know, Nina is actually an actress uh, mm. in that play. So that's that has the meaning of it, and also um, um, there was a monologue we were using for casting. Uh, because when we do casting, we didn't ask them to do the co-reading uh, co or anything. We just have uh, for for Ivan character. Uh, we actually give them the seagull like monologue so that they can. We have to make sure she looks like an actress. So this is the bit we use. Mm -hmm. um, so um, yeah, I mean it. It wasn't really. I mean that's the only text that we think fit to like like Yifang. You know, because we want Yifang to have, you know, like the first time we see her on the stage, we want her to have something, you know, close to her. You know, so when she say the monologue, she, she's actually talking about herself. So we found a text from the uh, Seagull. We thought it was pretty, um, like, a, like, appropriate. Yeah. Hmm. And and that thing is just, uh, it's just a prop, uh, you know, really? that looks good. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> so that was just like you like you like we have a feather we'll use this. I was like, oh wait, so now I'm like I thought too deeply. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I mean uh, the feather. It's just basically, you know, I you know I think it's it's uh, I mean because I'm trying to portray Xiao Zhang as something old fashioned. Mm -hmm. You know, he writes a letter. You know, he he he's like having flower to the girl. I mean, you know, it's like so he has this kind of thing. He's very old fashioned. You know, so I'm trying to uh, have this character compared to Ming Liang. Ming Liang is all tech, you know, tech uh, like technology and new, and he's very old and down to earth. And also, they are they are different, like different kind of love like in this mm -hmm. story. You know, the first one, of course, old fashioned love. I mean, kissing in the boob, the phone booth. You know, it's like no one is kissing in the phone booth anymore. <laughs> so come on, you know. So it's uh, it's the thing we're trying to play up. You know, the first. The first 20 minutes is so very old-fashioned romantic yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, so. it's, it's like very romantic. Like he's giving her roses and even like his appearance is what I would consider is like old-time romantic trope. Like he went, they they met when they were five years ago and they were younger. He went away, became a chef on a boat, came back. And he's like, yeah. do you remember me? And they're like, uh, yeah. ro grand romance stars. He's giving her roses. They're running through the rain like some, um, <laughs> like some, um, like, like some 1950s play. I was, I just thought, I thought of singing in the rain. Actually, that was a film that came to mind. There, I was legit waiting for a musical sequence to come through because it was just, it's so romantic, so dreamy. And then <laughs> the film just like takes a completely different direction. I'm like, wait, <laughs> not again. What I thought. <laughs> Never trust a film. The first 20 minutes is so sweet. And so, you know, so happy, never trust it because two hours film, you know, 
Yeah, because even the way that Amelian is introduced into the film, like riding the, the bicycle, like you know, it's it's such an innocuous thing. But then, like this this scene of him riding a bicycle actually plays a part into how he meets everyone. Like he, everything he meets all these people. Like, he's on this bicycle, and I'm just like, this bicycle is important for bad things to happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and and then speaking of romance and and Xiao Zhang, I want to talk a bit about Lady Xiao. So she's interesting because she's this masseuse and. Her character is, I think she kind of represents to me a lot of, um, I think, people who don't who don't fully understand what's going on in the situation. So, you know, like you, there might be like using um, Ming Liang as an example. He's telling her, oh, I have this girlfriend and then we broke up. You know, he builds up himself to her. Like he makes himself seem like this, you know, like this this hero, like this really good guy who who looks after the girls that he's interested in. And then he's like, I broke up with one and I'm getting and I'm pursuing another one. And she tells him, girls like to be chased. And I'm like, why are you telling him this? You don't even know if this is true. And but that but that made me think like there are people that will tell men these things and men will take it and run with it. And you know, like they'll misunderstand, like you know, they'll perceive it as something that they should do. Like he literally saw her telling him this as permission. I kind of put it in my notes, like she gave him on she unknowingly gave him permission to stop Monica. And you know, because he was like, Oh, so I if I want her to to love me, I have to pursue her, which turn into stalking and but there are people that'll be like that you know they'll, they'll say oh if you want a girl to like you do this do that and like when in really truly like, women don't like these things we don't like to be pursued no means no if a woman does not want to give you her number she does not have to give you her number but there are people that would say oh you have to be persistent no <laughs> take the first no and leave right <laughs> so i want to talk a bit about her character because also her character has a small this very small moment where xiaoliang um, not Xiao, um, yeah, Xiao Zhang, he sees her. Is that her that he saw through the window when he went to take his yeah. smoke? That was her. Yeah. Was like, ah, okay. You picked it up, yeah. Yeah, it was because the red, and I was like, wait, is this her? And so can you just talk a bit about her character and like your your own like your own um, reasoning behind her character? Because I'm wondering if it's the same thing as mine. Uh, her character is basically the mother Ming Liang doesn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, Ming Liang has a drunken mother, you know, like alcohol, like like alcoholic mother, and they don't talk to each other because he has to suffer all the time. So she must have been drunk all the time. So, yeah. so he made this 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 mother figure who is like a friend to her, uh, to him. You know, she always like talk to him, be nice to him, encourage him. Uh, also, on the other hand, maybe, I mean, you, you see Lady Xiao has uh, the kids who come in and store her for money, you yeah. know, when she was drunk. So in a way, she's also missing her son. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if she has a young, I mean, I'm sure that not all the clients she has is the younger kids. So she must have find him very, you know, friendly, like, like easy to talk to. She can even make fun of him, you know. So it's uh, it's good to see him coming back, and then you see he's a young kid. You know, it looks nice. A very good looking kids must be very good uh, kids. So of course you can encourage him to do, you know, as a mother would ask the kids to do. So you know, indirectly she didn't know she was encouraging someone crazy. Um, that's that's the thing I was, you know, that's the thing I thought that like Lady Xiao's character, it's like that. Mm. And the bit we cut out is actually Xiao Zhang and Lady Xiao also know each other. Mm. That's the thing we didn't put it in because we had a scene of them on the window talking to each other. Yeah. They're neighbors, actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so Lady Xiao's character at first was like uh, some kind of shelter for the broken man, meaning that uh, she was talking... Actually, she has a couple of scenes talking to Xiao Zhang. After, you know, after Yifang left, he was a bit down and actually she was talking to him. But we thought it was a bit too much and we kind of want Lady Xiao focus on only Ming Liang so that it's, you know, you know, sometimes when you write something on the screenplay, it looks good. But when you shot it, you edit, you put them together. As much as we love Lady Xiao's all the performance on the other scenes, we have to take it out. Yeah, so... It's kind of focus, you know, just a focus lady show on Ming Liang's world. Yeah. Hmm. So that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, I, yeah, she does give that. Like, there are mothers who will tell their sons, like, you know, like, they're concerned with their son's romantic lives. And they'll say these things because they want to um, be, 
encouraging to their sons you know they want to they want to have good relationships so I, I see that definitely with her and also her I think her there's I I kind of read a connection between her and the media um in how the media encourages things without considering the consequences like for that and this is one of the last things I want us to talk about because I don't want to keep you too long but what to me is where the the, the title terrorizers really manifests in the film is you have Ming Liang is he's a terrorizer but he's a very subtle one he's like one working in the background but the real one is the media and society and how when everything comes to light because of the the slashing like Yu Fang's life gets destroyed and like the media is terrorizing her like they're hounding her she becomes a perpetrator in a, in an act that she had no where she was the victim her and her boyfriend were victims and like and and Ming Liang like turns it onto her so very like shows how manipulative he is because no one he said oh she stole my girlfriend from me and they're showing this video of him that he filmed of her and Monica together and my first thought is like why would you even show this these are two women that are be clearly being filmed secretly this is an invasion of their privacy and you're showing this on the news and on social media and and it kind of shows how the so social media and the, and the news media in themselves terrorize people and like they're only concerned about the story and about these 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 what they perceive as reality like they didn't listen to you fang and monica she's gone to australia so she's leaving you fang to handle all this by herself so just talk a bit about the media and social media how that plays into the terrorizing of people yeah i mean uh terrorizers it's you know it's 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 more than one mm -hmm. um people of course would think terrorizer is ming liang Mm -hmm. of course he's a terrorizer but the thing is uh, like i said before i mean um people are not bad people just make bad things you know they are the product of uh, society and um, um media tend to sensationalize a lot of things you know when they grab something easy they can just you know and then i mean in taiwan news are pretty bad because they basically just anything on youtube they just put it on the news it's worse oh. than what you think. So it's, it's, there's no border. It's just anything, you know, anything they think people are going to watch, they just put it on. So, uh, yeah, for me, the, the terrorizers talks, of, you know, I mean, imply a lot of things. You know, it's, uh, it's Ming Liang, it's video game, it's the media, it's could be the, the repressions, you know, maybe the sex education. Mm. you know maybe the uh, parents the parents expectation all that thing just to make a young you know those young kid to have a have a lot of burdens and um yeah so i mean like for me the major thing is it's not the the slashing i think the major thing is that they don't know how come the video I mean, like how come they got captured by the video and then mm -hmm. uh all her father was asking about you know you just make a wrong thing you know you just you know we cannot trust you i mean even if we trust you uh there's a lot of things i have to take care of you know so um that's life uh you know like a lot of things is not what you can control and um yeah it just happened to be uh like bad luck, I think, yeah. So yeah, it's it's bad luck, like, but like you, like we talking about the the title terrorizer. Like for me as a woman, like for me, that, and this is where I I say the film is kind of like a psychological thriller. It's like for like for a lot of women, like we do fear of being stalked and of being harassed in public, and these are things that are happening in the film. But then that's like where for me, I'm just like this is something like I like I've had that experience where I've been harassed. You know, I've had men like follow me home from school when I was a teenager and like these kind of things. So that's where like the whole that's where that very subtle um, hint of like the horror aspect for me came in because like you never know, right? You don't know who this person is who's following you. You don't know who, how many people are watching you. And 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 the and the media kind of does the same thing in like you like we have all of these cameras. You don't know who's filming you out in public. You don't know who's using their camera phone to film public yeah. uh, to film you. Like when I'm on the train, I'm always looking around to see who's holding up a camera. I'm like, are they just playing on their phone, or are they like filming me? And like, and I become so conscious of that. Like every time I'm out in public with my phone, I hold my phone down so that the person doesn't think I'm filming them. Like I never hold my phone up like this. I actually hold it down to look down. And that's some, and so like the film kind of like made me think of that, like how women are always have to be on, on guard almost all the time because we know how vulnerable we are and we don't know what people's intentions are. 
Yeah, yeah. You don't have privacy anymore. You know,、mm. it's like、uh, wherever you go. I mean, there's a lot of CCTV cameras now. I mean, it's uh, in um, in Taiwan. It's like、uh, you have CCTV every block, so、mm. people can supposedly catch the bad guy. But you know, when the media get hold of something else, they can just bribe the police. For some reason, they can get access to all the material they want and show on TV. You、mm. know, without feel, you know, without thinking how how the person's gonna feel. You know, you just、yeah. basically. It's the invasion of the privacy, also. I mean, the same thing with internet. It's the same idea. Internet is basically invasion your privacy, you know. So that's. I mean, it's it's um, it's a big picture, you know.、Mm. But I mean, the mainly for me, it's the theme of how loneliness people are now. You know, they want. You know, I mean, they have. I mean, like family doesn't live with them. They don't live with the family. They don't have friends, or their friends are in. And on Facebook, I you know Instagram, so they don't interact with each other anymore. You know, not much, especially after this COVID thing. People are not gonna even talk to. You know, it just, I mean, everywhere is the mask. You don't see the face now. Your you know your face got cut off, and it, you're losing your face. You、mm. know, it used to be the whole face. Now you are, your mouth is gone, and just this is scary. You know, this is how, how the society is heading to right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been a crazy two two years period of adjustment, and we're still adjusting because、yeah. this thing is not going to end anytime soon. With hope, I know people are being. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Again, so I we I guess we'll wrap up now because we've been talking for quite a while. But I I appreciate you talking to me so much. Like I really enjoyed the film, as you can tell. Thank、I、you. Thank it's you. Like, it's it's so smart and so well done and and so well constructed. So like amazing. Like congrats to you and to your team. Who's your editor? Because I have to ask, who's your editor? I actually co co edit with someone else,、mm-hmm. so I co wrote co、uh, co edit also.、Uh, it's、uh, she's she's just a kid. She's only twenty three years old, twenty three twenty four. Yeah, and、uh, she was the assistant editor on my last film.、Uh, at first, she was just an assistant editor, and I kind of promote her to be my co editor for my last film. And then and then this time I like asked her to come in. And then、um, she read the script like before shooting. She actually gave me some idea about what to do, you know. And、um, she's quite smart, yeah.、Mm. And、What's、I think the good thing、again? always,、um, you know, the good thing about this film is my 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 co-writer it's is female. Yeah. My co-editor is female, so it's good when you deal with this kind of subject matter. It's good to have female perspective, you know. They um. And also, I think it's you know when you have a female editor edit things,、uh, some of the stuff could be some of the tiny stuff is very、um, well taken care of. You know, I mean, the man cannot do that. You know, they have a way of expressing things that you cannot. I mean, even I cannot do that. So I think it's good that sometimes you work with the、uh, like a female editor or like writer. When you write story like this, you know, especially you have a lot of female characters, yeah. No, for sure, because there's a lot of nuance. Um, there's a, I think like very subtle nuances to some of the editing, especially in particular with regards to Monica and Yu Fang. So like, um, Yu Fang, so that really does come clear. Um, that was her. Um, do you mind sharing her name? Li Hui. Li Hui, like congrats. Li Hui, you both Hui, did a fantastic、yeah. job. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm happy you like it. Yeah. I really do.、I'm、very happy. <laughs> I was at the, when I finished watching. I went into our group chat. I'm like, this film is ridiculously good. <laughs> I was like, so I was like,、yeah. I was like, this the editing is flawless. Oh my god! Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me because I I'm not sure what time it is there, but I um but I do appreciate this time. And I know you must be like tired from doing all like festival coverage because I know festival season, even if we're doing it virtually, is exhausting. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay as long as you you have a lot of questions. You know, it's not like you are trying to. Do your job, which is good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right, thank you. you so much. Um, have a nice, have a nice nighttime there. Is it nighttime there? Yeah, yeah, it's nighttime. Yeah.、Okay.
Okay, so have a good have a good day, and I hope you have a good right. um, The rest of you is great. So everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Carolyn Talks. This was a fantastic discussion with writer and director Ho Wee Ding for his film Terrorizers, which screened at the 2021 Toronto International Film Festival. When and whenever it's available to be seen um, by general audiences, if you can, if it goes on a digital platform, I hope it does. Please watch this. It's an extremely entertaining and like very smartly directed and constructed film. And I'm sure it will create a lot of discussions. Um, I will also have other interviews with other creatives from this year's TIFF. As, and you can find my interviews for and coverage for the 2021 New York Asian Film Festival and Fantasia International Film Festival on butwhythepodcast.com as well as in Observer. For Observer, I interviewed director and co-writer um Jing Wu for his film Reixa, a teaser and for um but why though podcast.com there's interviews with um Bang Mina for her film she's the lead actress in the film Snowball and I spoke to writer and director Nam Kung Sung for her film 10 months and I will also have a couple other interviews for TIFF coming up as well I've done um you can go on my YouTube channel under my name Carolyn Hines that's H-I-N-D-S and find more Carolyn Talks interviews with creatives in the film and television industry, as well as my for Asian dramas, there is Beyond the Romance, where I discuss the latest um, Korean, Japanese, Chinese, Taiwanese, all types of dramas that I'm watching, as well as discussions with my with my friends and fellow drama fans. I recently did one for Goblin, also known as the Guardian, the Lonely and Great God, which is my all-time favorite Korean drama. You can find that discussion there, as well as those for Cinderella and the Foreign Eyes and others, and you can find let me see what else i want to say and you can also look up the new episode of so here's what happened for the august so you can also find a new episode of so here's what happened you can also find beyond the romance in podcast format on different podcast streaming platform as well as on but why the podcast.com follow me on social media at carrie cnh12 that's c-a-r-i-e-c-n-h-1-2 you can follow my hashtags dramas with Carrie, which where I live tweet the dramas I'm currently watching on Netflix or Vicky. And you can also follow the hashtag Saturday Night Sci-Fi, which is for every Saturday night, me and my co-host at 10 p.m. Eastern live tweet um different TV shows, films from across the world on different streaming platforms like Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Plus, um, Amazon Prime, sorry. And we have a lot of fun interacting with, I call them my Saturday Night Sci-Fi peeps, our crew. And it's, been a, and it's been a blast for the last three and a half years, going into four years at the end of 2021. And it's been amazing. You can look to see what um, what projects we'll be live tweeting. Just look up the hashtag and you can find announcements for upcoming live tweets. And I think that is it. Again, this was a fantastic um, conversation with Hoi Ding. I really appreciate him taking the time to talk with me and I, I can't wait to see what he does next. I have to look up his other films because I think I've seen The Last City, but I am not sure. So I'm going to have to refresh my memory. I'm definitely going to watch them though because like his mind. <laughs> Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Carolyn Talks. Everyone, please stay safe. Ooh, 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 ooh.